Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stir the Plot, a plot cast for movie lovers. Before we get started Hold here, on. You can't. That's you're mine. Th- you're throwing everything out. That's like, mine, Colton. This is, a, this is a break in the timeline. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've read the Ten Commandments, but one of them is don't steal. And you just did a steal. I actually think like once you said welcome to Stir the Plot, I think I blacked out for a second. <laughs> yeah. Derek, we've been recording for two hours. <laughs> oh, my God. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it again. All right. Um, for the sake of for the sake of redundancy, I guess we have to. <laughs> so this uh the pat the reason we didn't put out an episode last week is because we were all just shocked to our cores about Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh basically, yeah. I had to sleep had to sleep on that one for a week. How underwhelming it was. I was. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> no. I have very different feelings about this movie than y'all do. I guess. No, I'm I'm like half joking, um, but. <laughs> It, it made me think uh, something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while is the um, movie going experience. And I mm. will say something that really prompted. Yeah. Hey, we're back. We're back in theaters. We, we made are. it, guys. We made it through the dark time. COVID's over. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Brady went and saw Doctor Strange 2 Electric Boogaloo together. Um, I saw it too, but not with them. Not Let with me just not re- with reiterate us. that. <laughs> and. Guys, okay, our movie started at 6.35. No, 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 was supposed to start uh, yes, at Yes, I'm so sorry. Our, our time was at 6.35. Mm-hmm. We show up sitting in our seats, popcorn ready, at 6.45. Okay. Theater is, all the lights are on, not a, like, nothing. Like, nothing on People the screen. chatting. Like, no previews, no newbie, like, no whatever that lady's name is who's only famous with the newbie. Oh, Maria, Maria Menounos? Yes, her. Um, have we thought about Maria Movinos? Have we thought about changing her name to that? Because that feels, that guys, feels you, better. You guys didn't get the uh, Straw Hat Goofy uh, newbie We did. I did get him. I, was, I loved, I loved I love that. that silly man. So, literally, <laughs> no prompting. Maybe six fifty uh-huh. lights just instant off, like no like fade, like literally just like off. Our movie did not start until like seven twenty. Okay, Whoa. we quite literally sat through the pre-trailer ads, the trailers, the post-trailer ads, then that Coke commercial where the little ice cubes come down and plink around, and then the Coke falls down into the ice cubes, and then a straw comes down and sucks it up. And finally, we get to the end of that, and the lights go down. You're right, instantaneously, and we're like, "Finally, we made it to the finish line." And then you we're had to done. sit through. And then you had to sit through that ten minute long special look at Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> and you want to know? You want to know what I got? A patronizing advertisement thanking me for coming to the cinema. <laughs> and I quote: "You cannot get this experience at home." <laughs> I know, Cinemark. You're not really selling no. me on this. Okay. They had this, like, big advertisement for, like, Cinemark and, like, going to the movies. Like, we're back, baby. At the very end, they said, and I quote, because I wrote it down. Like, I literally was sitting next to Brandon. And I wrote it down. They said, the sky is the limit, not your screen. What the heck does that even mean? What the hell even is that? The sky is the limit, not your screen. Not your screen. What? The like, sky is the limit, not your screen. Yeah, that, that sounds bad. So my movie time was, I didn't want to see it in 3D. Uh, 
the, <laughs> that, that is a surefire way to get like a brain aneurysm. Right. Watching Multiverse of Madness in 3D. I'm, I'm 27, almost 28 years old. I'm If I put on a pair of real D 3D glasses, my brain will turn into what happened to Black Bolt. <laughs> Just a puddle of goo. <laughs> because my little cauliflower brain cannot handle much anything else these days. Um, my brain started dripping through my nose. I'm done. <laughs> my brain turned into a Coke icy. Um, <laughs> it's like um, the, gl- the the ice cubes plinking around and then the Coke falls down and yes. the yes. sucks it all up. Is that is someone co- is someone cooking popcorn in here? No, that's just my brain. <laughs> there's a there's a medical condition that like. Doctors had to invent, like, oh, no, he multiversed the madness in 3D. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I do have um, to tell you something important that happened to me while I was in the theater. Um, okay. I know that you and I have talked about this before off pod, but I don't think we've ever brought up on the podcast. Um, the uh. luxury lounge seats are actually spawn of hell. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, for the, and they are fat phobic. Um, no, l- let's talk about it. Uh, Brady, you stay out of this conversation. If you say one thing, I swear to God, I'm canceling you. Uh, so we go ahead and find the mute button real quick. <laughs> Derek and I have what you might call thick thighs. Um, and the designer of <laughs> the designer of these luxury lounge movie chairs said, Hey, should we put the uh should we put the thing on top where they could like do it like that? No. We're going to put it on the Mm -mm. inside where if you brush up against it at all, the entire movie theater is going to hear as you're going backwards in your (laughs) seat. Right. Because because it's also it feels like they're it feels like they're using faulty gears as well, because it's like it it, it sounds like it's straining. It's the weight of my stronger thighs. It it sounds like something out of the Victorian era. (laughs) Right. It's literally run on like steam and wood cogs. Well, they had to. That's why the chairs are so uncomfortable they had to build it around the the frail old man who turns the gears to lay the right seat it, back it starts getting hot it starts getting hot and you're not sure if that's the seat warmers or if it's the gears heating up <laughs> it like sitting i love i love going to cinemark xd uh, it's a reason why i'm a platinum movie club member <laughs> However, I don't love when they constantly have to come in and interrupt the movie to oil the seats. <laughs> <laughs> However, I am neither feeling like I am luxurious or lounged <laughs> when I'm in those chairs. Also, no lounging. Was I, I, I feel, I feel like I'm sitting on a bomb. I feel like I'm sitting like, <laughs> okay, I, feel, I, I feel like I'm in the hurt locker and I've stepped on a mine and I cannot move. Those, I cannot move until bomb squad gets here. The seat warmers get so freaking hot. Like I literally, I remember when we saw the Batman who, <laughs> Who in their right mind, who in their right mind said, hmm, everyone and their mother is going to be in this movie theater. It's going to be hot as all get out. You know what else conducts heat really well? Leather. And you know what else we need to put on these leather seats in this humid theater? Seat I kid you not. I had to lean over. They need to die. I leaned over to like look. Like I had to like scoot a little bit to see like oh my heat warmer must be on because my back and butt are actually on fire right now and it wasn't on it just was my body <laughs> conducting heat into that leather well, seat. Well, yeah, only one person needs to turn their seat warmer on and it will radiate throughout right. the rest of the aisle. It'll be and fine. I get it. Right. Also, I see the black mold on the bottom trim, and you expect me like to trust the underpaid, understaffed teenage workers. To maintain these seats? No. Like, I've seen I've seen what they pay people at Cinemark. It's 
a little bit above minimum wage right. and you expect them to do a good job. <laughs> I will say this was probably the first movie I've been to in a long time where I didn't like have that moment of like, like in the back and like halfway through when Dr. Strange was fighting Glorbergon. I, I did not. Who? <laughs> <laughs> That's the um, Derek. He slept. He slept through the movie. He's lying. He doesn't remember anything. As the seat, it was the seat warmer. It made him so warm that he fell asleep. <laughs> I had a fever dream. <laughs> Passed out from heat stroke in the middle of the theater. I'm a. I'm coming after Cinemark. They also stopped letting me butter my own popcorn. What like? What are oh, you, What are we me, doing here, Cinemark? You know what? Okay. So <laughs> for the longest time, uh, we've been. We're talking not doing about a movie so day. Long. This is gonna be. Um, this is gonna be. Oops, all Cinemark. <laughs> So I used to be a faithful, faithful member of AMC A-List. Oh, I that was my favorite thing. Well, I used to have movie club and then they decided they wanted to be stupid. <laughs> um, they had. To and so then I got protect their bottom line. Uh. Right. Which is like, oh, God, shut up. <laughs> Grow up. Read a book. Um, touch grass. So go to, go to college. Touch grass. <laughs> get, get a maiden. <laughs> uh, so I, I I went over to AMC A list and it was like it was twenty dollars a month, but it was also like the best deal out there. Um, and when I moved to Fort Worth, the nearest AMC near me was like thirty minutes away. Uh-huh. And so I was just like, oh, I hate this. So I had to switch over to Cinemark, which I do. I will say. Is the inferior theater up chain? I mm. yeah, I was about to say Cinemark very much gives me the like crusty uncle who sleeps yeah. on the couch occasionally vibes. Well, and well, okay, here's what AMC has that Cinemark doesn't. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Heartbreak oh. feels good in a place like this. <laughs> I, lady, I'm already in the theater. You don't need to convince. You don't have me to, to convince come. me to go to yeah, the theater. I, I risked life and limb to see Sonic the Hedgehog in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic, like a greasy film addict that I am. Right. <laughs> I. That's so interesting. Like that. That advertisement. Advertisement. That advertisement is really just like <laughs> <But> that advertisement. <laughs> that that ad is just growing brand loyalty. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it also mm-hmm. is very much like I always get a Coke when I go to the movie theaters, and it's like. All right. the Coke ads, I'm like, I'm already here. Like, you already hit your target demog- dem- demographic. D- demographic. <laughs> demographic. They've already dogged me into buying a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole um, Kidman said her demographic. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, no, Nicole Kidman dommed me into buying a Coke at the movie theater. <laughs> Cry, crying feels good in a place like this, doesn't it? <laughs> Doming feels good in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> Subbing feels good in a place like this. Oh, in addition man. to seat warmers, every once in a while, Nicole Kidman will just come and like bludgeon you with a lead pipe <laughs> throughout the movie. She comes around with a ball gag and she says, "Who's next?" You look down and your 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 seats are actually made of black latex, and you're like, "Ah, that's why. <laughs> that's why I'm sitting in a pool of my own sweat." <laughs> Because said, Nicole Kidman's here. I'm sitting in the equivalent of a child swimming pool watching <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise, is this what you wanted? 
Oh. <laughs> is this what you wanted, Tom Cruise? Uh, you're you're right, Cinemark. I guess I can't get this experience at home. <laughs> That's why I'm not allowed to butter my own popcorn because I'll do it wrong and then I will get like berated for it. Like <laughs> you'll get, you'll get verbally punished. I don't. Um, I don't. You're like, would you like butter on that? Yeah, and I like want to snatch it from. I'll do it myself. Like. <laughs> <laughs> not like Actually, I do. I have Thank no. You. I have no control over that. Like I don't know how much, but they also like take it away, right. and they do it like where you can't see. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much butter you're putting on that. Why? Are, why is your Cinemark so secretive? Mine does it out in, in front of God and everyone. Why are they so like mysterious? I just about don't it? see them do it. But I'm like, why? Because you're just blinded with fury that you can't butter your own popcorn. <laughs> They're worried you're going to take it home in a little vial and you're going to discover the secret formula. I just don't. So, okay. So we, we have, it's been 20 minutes. We have to move on. Um, here's, here's the last thing I'm going to, here's the last thing I'm going to say just about the movie going experience in general. I thoroughly believe that anyone from the ages of 13 to 19 years old should be banned from a movie. theater. I, like, like every opening weekend of a horror movie, it's full of teenagers. And I want to just ooh, like, I, 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 I cannot verbalize due to like, um, not wanting to go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> you like, no, but literally just being a permanent mean. recording medium. <laughs> I, I, I can't perjure myself on a podcast. Like <laughs> you like walk in and you see, it's just like, like a whole row of like that group. And you're like, mm, yep, I'm going to go mm. ahead and get my refund. <laughs> I think I think if you talk during a movie, I think you should be taken out back and shot like a sick dog. <laughs> maybe maybe we should try to convince teens that movies are not cool. That mm. actually you should stay home and watch movies on your phone. I think because, COVID did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, what if Nicole Kidman was like, Heartbreak, came on the, fe- heartbreak feels awful in a place like this. Yeah, she was like, "This sucks, man." Ugh. We come here to experience the most boring piece of crap film you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> Wait, okay. After we can this and I, this and I want to move on. Um, we <laughs> okay. Thoughts on thoughts on picking your own seat, like on the app. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. It, it takes having to get there early, like that piece out of the puzzle. I mean, based on my movie going experience, it doesn't matter if you show up late either. They're, they're waiting for me to set foot in there to start the ads, regardless <laughs> oh, so of the time I show up. I don't. Okay. Me and Brady have gone to the movies a couple of times together, and I don't know the last time someone actually took our ticket and like scanned it. Like, <laughs> literally, true. we it's literally so like walk in there's no and one. there's no one there. And we walk. There was one time Brady like scanned his own ticket. Like, he like went behind the booth and scanned his own ticket. No, and like that's so because you wanted to do the legit. You wanted to make sure that you were doing it legally. You were like, yeah, midway through Doctor Strange, they're gonna pause the movie and be like, Brady King, could you please come see us at the concession stand? You bad, bad boy. In in Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent, Brady King, can you come to the front, please? Brady King, it's me, Doctor Strange. I'm I'm here in the multiverse of madness, and you've done this in every universe. You don't scan your ticket. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to talk more about Doctor Strange during Real Talk, but we like we have to move on. We we genuinely have to move on. This is a wonderful discussion. Thank you so much, Cole. You're welcome. This is the most fun I've had in about a week and a half. So 
that was the appetizer. And guess what? It was the biggest appetizer you've ever had. <laughs> yeah, you for sure filled up on chips. <laughs> that, was, that, that was the that was the waiter just bringing you basket after basket after basket of chips, and you start to wonder if the main course is even worth it anymore. There, there is a moment where I'm at like Mexican restaurants, and they keep bringing chips. And I'm like, you have to stop. Like, <laughs> I don't. I'm sir. like, keep them coming. Like, <laughs> please, man. <laughs> Well, regardless of whether or not you'd like us to stop, we're not. Oh, no. That doesn't <laughs> hey. It's me. It's me, Nicole Kidman. Dominic feels good in a place like this. Anyway. <laughs> this is Stir the Plot. A podcast for movie lovers. Oh, we're, we watch the first and last scenes of a movie. And then we try to figure out what happens in between. My name is Brady King. My name is Derek Fultz, and I've been a bad boy. <laughs> My name is Colton Hart, and ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh no, Nicole Kidman's got Colton. <laughs> no, no. wait, hold on. Oh, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Stop. Hey, my name's Tyler, and uh, and today we're doing Jurassic Park. I don't know anymore. <laughs> we're doing Jurassic Park. We've all seen Jurassic Park, right? We've all watched. We've all watched this movie. Yeah. But, like, they haven't seen our Jurassic Park yet. I actually don't think I've ever seen this movie all the way through. Are you? You're. Oh, you were for real. Huh. I'm 100% sure. Whoa. Like, Colton. I've okay, seen... but Colton, you were, you were, you were 12 once, right? The, yeah, the ripe young like, age where everybody wants to watch the cool dinosaur movie called Jurassic Park. No, <laughs> I had this, like, I think I had this, like, moment. Oh, I don't you're, know why. You're a Christian. I <laughs> was a Christian, and I don't believe in evolution. <laughs> and I don't believe in dinosaurs. Dinosaurs were put in the ground to tempt us into believing that the vaccine <laughs> believe that the vaccine works. I think I was like, I don't know if I was afraid of it, but I also just don't think my mom was like, oh yeah, let's watch Jurassic Park, you know, like Hey son, come here, it's dinosaur time. <laughs> <laughs> Son, it's dinosaur time. Son, put your toys away. It's dinosaur time. Come on. Now, if we well, want to talk about Land Before Time, mm, I watched the crap out of Land Before Time. Freaking Littlefoot. Hot take, I, hot take. I hate the Land Before Time movies. Derek. Okay. I, even you, as a child, I hated these movies. Derek, you just took a piece of my soul and you just like crumbled it in front of me. I don't care. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm going to get us back on track to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, this movie. Not The Land Before Time. The no. the real one. The real movie with real dinosaurs. He's real to me. Um, is a 1993 Steven Spielberg classic. I don't really feel like we need to set the stage for this movie. No, I'm You're not sorry. A, a baby. You're not a Goo Goo Gaga baby. <laughs> You're not an idiot who's never seen this movie. I'm not changing your movie diapers. We're not going to spoon feed you movie mush. I feel like that's what this podcast is called sometimes. That's a new segment. <laughs> movie, <laughs> movie mush. Segment, movie mush. We, we, we try to describe a movie to our, to our infant nieces and nephews. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny, actually. Hold on. Write that down. Hold on. Write, write that down. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> um, we're not here to talk about the real Jurassic Park. No, we are here to have fun. We're here to have fun. That's why I came. We're here, here to anyway. we're here to make our own Jurassic Park. This is Jurassic Park Tycoon, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, and the way that we're going to do that is we are going to watch the first and last scenes of Jurassic Park, and then we're going to try and make up what we think happens in between. Now, when it's you say watch, we- you you mean because you know famously podcasts are a visual medium. 
you, you mean more so uh, it's theater of the mind. Theater of the Where mind. Where you can butter your own popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a world. <laughs> and the seats are big enough for everyone's thighs. <laughs> and guess what? The, the sky is the limit, not your screen. The sky in this, in your mind palace theater, is the limit. But since, yeah, since we can't play movie audio on the podcast, no, no, that's a big, that's a big bad one. We're not allowed to do that. We've converted the scenes into screenplay format, and we're going to reenact them here for you. Colton is going to narrate, and then Derek and I, we're going to play a couple different characters. Why not? You might hear me do some dinosaur impressions. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. Wait till we get to my Velociraptor. I'm really proud of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Colton, why don't you why don't you just do the dang thing, huh? Mm, okay. Time to resurrect some amber. Colton, if you can do me a favor and just kind of randomly um, throughout reading, can you just give me cues of when to make like Velociraptor noises? Yeah. Is there going to be a time where I need to do that for like... No, just I'm I'm saying just whenever the moment strikes you. You're the okay. conductor. We open on a dark and rainy night. A group of men armed with shotguns and tasers watch nervously as a large metal container is carried across the dirt by a forklift. A foreman a foreman waves the forklift over to an enormous steel door surrounded on either side by a concrete wall and guard towers. <laughs> a title card sets the scene. Isla Nublar, 120 miles west of Costa Rica. The forklift sets the crate down gently on the loading dock. Something is watching the men from inside, angry and snarling. But Robert Muldoon, dressed in a tan vest and a bushman hat, doesn't seem scared at all. Okay, pushing team, move in there. I want tasers on full charge. The team moves in. As one man sets his hand near a hole in the crate, the creature inside snaps at it. The man jumps back. Step back in. The crew pushes the crate so it aligns perfectly with the door. A green light on the side beeps and the lock clicks into place. Alright, we're locked. Loading team, step away. Gatekeeper, raise the gate. The gatekeeper climbs onto the crate and slides the metal door from up above. Suddenly, the creature slams against the door, breaking the seal between the crate and the door. The gatekeeper shouts and falls to the ground, hitting the concrete. The crew flies into a panic. Block the opening. Don't let it get out. Before the gatekeeper can pick himself up, the creature grabs him by the leg and begins to pull the man into the enclosure. Robert rushes in to grab him as the rest of the crew stick their tasers through the cracks in the door, trying to hit anything. Work our back! The men continue to jab their tasers into the crate. Robert pulls the gatekeeper with all his strength, but he's losing ground. Shoot her! Shoot her! The creature screams, but it's too late. The gatekeeper slips out of Robert's grasp and disappears into the enclosure. So, okay, I, it's not me... That's not okay. I feel like Steven Spielberg movies start out scary. Well, I would not say that Steven Spielberg movies are scary. Like, but like, I feel like E.T. starts out scary. I feel oh. like Super 8 starts out a little scary. Yeah, Bridge of Spies, Tom Hanks gets eaten by a velociraptor. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Ready Player One is terrifying. VR, boo. So, I mean, okay, 
so you're saying that it's it's scary. This this movie is scary. Um, do we want to keep the horror vibe? Because it's like what the, you know, in the words of Whoa. Brad Pitt and Seven, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's the scariest thing you can possibly imagine? Um, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. <laughs> I mean, I. Spielberg does a lot of a lot of Cold War 40s 60s movies. Okay, so we think this is a we think this is a, a Soviet. Yeah, it, it, that's what's in the cage. It's a communist. Oh it's a snarling, God. angry communist. Okay. The creature growl. <laughs> yes. The creature growl. Every every communist snarls. that I've seen, I would describe as a creature. Right. This is what Nixon tried to warn us about. <laughs> right. Wait. That's what this what this is about. Wait. Oh my God. This is. Oh my God. This is an alternative history where the Red Scare was actually taken seriously by, like, very seriously by people. And right. everyone that got, like, blacklisted or accused of being a communist was sent to Isla Nubar. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert, Robert is, it's Robert Mueller <laughs> who's, catching com- who's catching commies and putting them in cages and sending yes. them off yes. to this, this deserted aisle. Yeah. Right, so we we have now created a Cold War era, like seventies paranoia thriller. Like, right, 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 right. <laughs> yes, this is exactly what people in the Red Scare imagined was going on behind right, the scenes. Right. So, like Arthur Miller, he was arrested and taken to Isla Nublar. Right. Or, right. And he tr- <laughs> he tried to it. This is actually we're watching Arthur Miller. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's he's in the cage. So yes, uh, Jurassic Park. Um, is, is in fact a, a holding container for supposed communists. Why, why is it called Jurassic Park? Like, I feel like it's like a, oh, it's like a code name. Yeah. yeah, It's like the CIA code name. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Because they're violent. They're like violent, vicious beasts, like velociraptors or. Right. If they're saying that if, if communism was enacted, it would basically set us back so many years. It would be the Jurassic period. <laughs> it would be the Jurassic era, right? We'd we'd be feral, yes. feral, mindless beasts. What if this is like a propaganda film? Like, like it's like oh, so you want it to actually be like a propaganda film? Oh, like you you think maybe it's actually all like black and white? Because, like I said, this takes place in the theater of the mind. Right. So right. we can make this black and white and grainy. And right. there's a voiceover that's like, here in Jurassic Park, the communists gather. Yes. <laughs> the CIA opened Isla Nublar. This is shown in a gym to like a large group of high school students. Right. right. Like right, 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 right after right. they do their nuclear bomb tests. <laughs> or the, they're like shelter in place for nuclear bombs as they get under their desk. Because that will protect you from nuclear fallout. Right. They watch Jurassic Park, which is a documentary propaganda film. Okay, I, in my okay, here's what I'm thinking. Jurassic Park, this this film that we are creating in our mind, like this docu, mm. this like propaganda documentary, is a movie that exists within an like a movie universe. <laughs> right. We are right, right, we right. are watching this documentary of Jurassic Park as they are watching this documentary along of with Jurassic them. Park. Right. So at oh, the end I of the scene, yes. it like pans out from the TV. Yeah, screen. we see a classroom. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. And then like a teacher, like it's like this class is what happened. Yes. Okay. This is what happens when you think that people deserve health care. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then he. 
you know, says like a, a problematic statement about minorities. Right, right. <laughs> he says something disparaging. He says something disparaging about Native Americans, and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah." Then there's a one. Then there's one student who says, "Well, that didn't sit right with me." <laughs> that student, Doctor Alan Grant. Oh my God! <laughs> wow, we got, we got there. Well, he's not a doctor yet. He's he's an eleven year old. <laughs> right, right. This is like his formative years. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, this is a flashback. This is a flashback scene. Yeah, we're we're seeing what made him into the <gasps> man that he'll wait. I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay, we need to we need to we need to read the second scene. Okay. Well, we're we're just jumping in and going. We need to go. We need to go. <laughs> go, go, go. Dr. Alan Grant and Ellie Statler. <laughs> Dr. Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler find themselves in a museum of sorts, where a large fossil display of a T-Rex once stood. It's now in pieces all across the floor, and the two are surrounded by two living, very angry velociraptors. The raptors snarl and growl at Dr. Grant as he helps two children, Lex and Tim Murphy, to their feet. Just as one of the raptors crouches down to attack, it's grabbed from behind by a living, breathing Tyrannosaurus Rex. The group uses the distraction to sprint out to the museum doors, where an elderly gentleman, John Hammond, waits with a vehicle. Mr. Hammond, after careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. So have I. Hammond speeds away as the dinosaurs continue their fight inside the museum. The T-Rex grabs the last Velociraptor with its sharp teeth and throws it into the fossil display before letting out a victorious roar. Dr. Grant and the rest of the group arrive safely at a large blue helicopter, already waiting to take off. They eagerly get inside, all but Hammond, who takes one last look at the park he's leaving behind. Dr. Grant takes him by the arm and leads him gently into the chopper. They take off, up and over the mountains, away from Isla Nubar, and into the sunset. What if Alex Grant is... Alan. That's what I said. Uh, (laughs) Alex Grant is a young adult hero. (laughs) (laughs) What if he is... He watches the movie and he's like... Um, I don't know if that's like, this seems like all propaganda. What if, what if communism isn't bad? And then he goes and like, he goes and like lives it. And then at the very end, yeah. he's like, he's like, I don't know. I don't like this. I'm not endorsing your park. And it's like a nod to well, the film. Yeah. His teacher, his teacher gets so angry. He's like, well, if you hate this country and love communism so much, why don't you just go live there or whatever? And he's like, huh. And he said, okay, I will. Actually. Okay, fine then. I will. <laughs> so, I, I I had a similar idea, and I kind of want to see if we can combine the two. Okay. So he's watching the film. He does not. Uh, it does not jive with him. So I'm thinking, what if Alan Grant grows up and wor- starts working for the government in order to get transferred to Isla, uh, to Isla Nubar? Yeah. So he can kind of see what like he's kind of playing like a. I'm going to make my own documentary about like the reality of what's going on here. Yeah. And like, these people are not bad. 
they're not even communists. This is just, you know, the red, you know, I guess we're going it's, through the right, red it's, scare. It's the red scare, right? Yeah. It's the red scare. And um, he's going to try to prove that the government is like treating these people inhumanely, which we see because we, we've we now seen that they've turned communists into dinosaurs. <laughs> they've been doing human experimentation on communists. And we discover. What Alan Grant eventually discovers is that this is a manufactured Red Scare because the people are coming in, they're shipped in, right? So, you know, you're sitting in your home one day and the CIA busts in, boom, you're a communist, off to Isla Nublar. You get shipped off and turned into a dinosaur using right. horrible government. CIA is mm. into some weird stuff, man. I wouldn't They really are. Them. It's like, what, are, what, they, what is this? What are y'all they're doing? They're using the dinosaurs they're using the communists to fight the communists. <gasps> I got it. I got it. Okay. 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 There is, um, what's the guy's name at the very beginning? Oh, Robert. He has patented a serum that turns people into dinosaurs. Lizard people. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So he and he, he's turning this. them into dinosaurs and he's trying to, he's saying, look, look, communists are lizard people. Yeah. Yes, that. Oh my God. And he is now capitalizing. He's making a park. He is capitalizing on this serum capitalism, and he's winning. He's he's making yeah. this park, and he's like, look at all this capitalism. I'm making so much money. <laughs> look at all this capitalism. <laughs> look at all this capital I've generated. That's what billionaires do, right? The air, the air in Isla Nubar just smacks of capitalism. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like you're walking through Disney World on steroids. <laughs> So Alan Grant wants to uncover what's going on here. So he sneaks right. into the secret facility on Isla Nublar, discovers all this stuff, and he starts right. like opening the dinosaur cages, you mm-hmm. know, where and that's how that's how they all get out and like start right. start wreaking havoc on the place. Right. Ellie Sattler and these two children, Ellie is their mom. Right. It's it's a mom and her kids that have been accused of being communists. Oh, and gotcha. they're, yeah. Yeah. they're neck they're like they're on the, the quote unquote chopping block and Alan Grant frees them and he's like, Hey, like I'm 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 staging a prison bust here at you know Jurassic right. Park. Um come on like and that's how he figures out about like the serum, how he finds out about Robert. Dr. Hammond is kind of like the the quote unquote like warden of the park, but he has no idea what's going on. He just right. thinks that yeah, dinosaurs yeah. are real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like a senile old wow. man that he's just like, wow, this is pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is awesome. They, he doesn't know he, that there's a dark. So he, he's like he's the like the shadow leader, where Robert is the one that's been calling all the shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Hammond is the PR face. <laughs> he, yes, yeah, he is Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin. Right. He's like the friendly, the friendly old amiable face who like runs the park. But Robert is calling all the shots. Yeah. Right. I I think I might have a way that this ends. We need to read the third scene. We got to read the third scene. Um, What if Dr. Grant, you know, is is like releasing the dinosaurs, which which honestly, they're they're like kind people. They're just like they got sharp teeth, but they're still in there. They're still like they've got sharp teeth and blue hair, but that's okay. That's okay. It's whatever, man. It's 2022. So they, well, I guess it was 1993, but it, this is a very progressive movie. So Dr. Grant frees the dinosaurs. They're like making their big prison escape. Uh-huh. You know, they like throw open the doors. They're making their big escape. And, and they've got to go through this museum to make their way to the helicopter to get out of there. And Robert is waiting there for them. 
and he's like, you'll never, you'll never take this park down. And he takes a huge vial of the serum and yes. injects it yes. into himself and becomes a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where, the, that's why this fight scene takes place. It's like all the velociraptors, the people that he's made into lizard people are ganging up on him. They're taking it. They're seizing the means of production. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. They're yeah. seizing it. <laughs> eat the rich. Quite literally eat, eat the rich. Oh, yeah, Quite literally. literally eat oh the my rich. God. He's, they're eating the rich. So John Hammond is kind of like the guy in the chair for the whole movie. Once he mm-hmm. like figure, figures out what's going on, Dr. Grant right. shows him the truth. He's like opening doors for them and giving them like passwords. Yeah. You know, he wants to like take down this machine that he helped create. Right. It's, it's his own hubris that has allowed him to see that he was wrong and he's been he fooled was wrong by the U S hey, maybe it's, maybe it's not a good thing to turn people into, into scaly lizards. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to the tell that to the amazing Spider-Man, from, okay? <laughs> from my point of view, the dinosaurs are evil. <laughs> and then the lizards, the lizards escape back into the wild and one of them grows up to become Mark Zuckerberg. <gasps> That's actually factual. We, yes. Okay, now we ha- now we yes. have to do a whole we have to do a Jurassic Park series on the show. <laughs> oh no! Now I've built no, out the we continuity don't, we don't to, we don't a little too to. far. We don't have to. I was like, I feel like I feel like the series kind of teeters off after Jurassic Park one. <laughs> the very ending. What 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 what's not in the scene is okay. It pans out again, and it's a high school classroom. It's another high school. Oh my it come, and came it's, full circle. The cycle begins anew, and the kids are very confused. They were like, "We're really not sure what this." movie was about and then it cuts to me as the teacher being like it's all symbolism yeah <laughs> all symbols and then the a24 logo fades while over. uh while a song by sunluck starts playing in the background <laughs> the camera pans back Again, and it's another it's classroom. classroom and dr strange says wanda this is what's going to happen if we cause an incursion which <laughs> is i do not care steven i want to see my children i want to see my children my lovely lizard children they're in there <laughs> my accent is all... gone <laughs> my accent is now my, back my, after accent, four movies. my accent comes and goes steven you know this <laughs> <laughs> so there's one quick thing that i want to ask you it might be quick it might be another let's talk about the movie going experience <laughs> um, so Jurassic World Dominion, the last of the Jurassic World trilogy, is coming out very soon. For now. For now. Until they do Jurassic Universe. The director of this movie has said... Oh, yes. ...that this new antagonist dinosaur that they've created for this Mm -hmm. movie, he says, is akin to the Joker. Mm -hmm. And... Because so his reasoning behind saying that this dinosaur was akin to the Joker was because he's like a lot of these dinosaurs are just like doing things to survive. This one just wants to watch the world burn. <laughs> it's a very poor choice of words. I'm like a, I'm like a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I'm like a Tyrannosaurus Rex taking chasing jeeps. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do if I caught. You've like it. lost your ability to be like. Like if I ever said something like that, like oh yeah, the big bad dinosaur, he's like the Joker. I think I would then backtrack and say like, oh, because he's like the big evil guy of this movie. Mm-hmm. But then saying, but because he just wants to watch the world burn. Yeah, but like qualifying like, it, but like qualifying your statement by saying like he just wants to watch the world burn. This is this right. director is like in the deviant art on Tumblr fan fiction <laughs> of like mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this dinosaur is like the Joker. It's like the and Joker. And then him and Chris Pratt. There's, Chris Pratt becomes Batman. There's a scene where this then, dinosaur gets two boats, one full of criminals, one full of average Gothamites, <laughs> and he puts a bomb and gives the trigger for each bomb on the opposite boat. To Chris boat. Pratt. <laughs> to Chris Pratt. <laughs> and he says, do what you will. <laughs> he says... Chris Pratt, either you have to get the vaccine or both boats blow up. Which one do you choose? And it's another 20 minutes of Chris Pratt just sweating on camera. And then the dinosaur turns to the camera and says, we live in a society. (laughs) I, so I love, I really like the Jurassic Park movies. I will say when I was a kid watching them, uh, we would always watch them at night because, you know, that's when you watch movies. And I would go to take my like bath before I would go to bed at night and I would be so afraid to open the shower curtain because I would, I could, I could guarantee you there was going to be a velociraptor in my bathtub. Yep. There was going to be a raptor. And it was just wait. It was waiting to kill me. It was waiting. The velociraptor was actually inside you all along. Right. And the velociraptor is also called depression. (laughs) (laughs) The velociraptor was in fact, my undiagnosed anxiety at the time. (laughs) The velociraptor is coming from inside the house. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while, I'll be lying awake at night and I just hear cool. (laughs) my favorite noise in any movie you know what one of my things one of my favorite sounds i think in a movie is the wilhelm scream the wilhelm scream like i still watch like current movies that it's still in i'm Mm -hmm. like wow this thing is like still it's it's become a meme it's just like the test of time i i would like i would not be surprised if there was a subreddit called r slash wilhelm scream for sure like but it's like for me i'm like this is a serious movie and then i hear the wilhelm scream and i'm like Okay, I'm, I'm taking out, out like, of it. Yeah, I sure, I sure hope Wilhelm's getting a paycheck. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, is the is the Wilhelm estate taken care of? Justice for <laughs> Wilhelm, please. Somebody help him. Uh, out. David Wilhelm. <laughs> is that Wilhelm. his name? No. It's actually, yeah, it's Benicio Wilhelm. Um, Colton's looking at it for us right now. Uh, yeah, I have no real like, like the Jurassic Park movies are iconic. Like we, they are an iconic piece of pop culture. Like I'm going to be honest, I probably know more about the lore of this movie than any other franchise, just because I, when you're 12 years old and dinosaurs are on screen, you want to watch them all. Um, When I was, when I was going through my dinosaur phase, I was like all about Jurassic Park. Colton, you look like you have something you want to say. Um, He found it. I knew it. Okay. He found found it. So it is named after a character named Private Wilhelm. Um, ah. but it seems to be voiced after someone named Sheb Wooley, who died in poverty in 2019, sadly never seeing a penny of the Wilhelm. <laughs> oh estate. man! Oh, oh man. no! Darn. Well, um, darn it. So I was yeah. like, do we have any? Like, does anyone have any like real opinion about the Jurassic Park movies besides like we like we can just flat out say it is an iconic franchise that has like shaped pop culture. Yeah. And, and well, I would argue that the original Jurassic park is by far the superior out of, out Oh, of all of them. out of any of them. Yeah. F- fantastic like, movie. Visual effects still hold. I mean, groundbreaking for the time specifically because it oh was my the gosh. first movie to have. I like, honestly, I would say it still holds up. Yeah. I, and not only that, but it was oh. the first movie ever to have computer generated creatures. Well, and they freaking built an animatronic T-Rex. Oh yeah, this is this is a fun story. Oh, <clears throat> you got me going now. Hold on, let me stress my. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, when Steven Spielberg was trying to figure out how to put dinosaurs in the movie, mm-hmm. the way at the time because computer 
visual effects just had not come far enough to be able to put realistic three-dimensional creatures in a movie. Mm -hmm. So Spielberg was going to make them claymation. And there's actually claymation tests that you can see out there for what the original Jurassic Park would have looked like with like claymation velociraptors. And you can tell it's, it's not great. Right. But at the time, a branch of ILM, George Lucas's visual effects company was working on this digital technology. And the, the lead at the time, I cannot remember his name came to Spielberg and was like, Hey, if you'll give us a shot, I really think we can do this. So he did a screen test of the Mm -hmm. original Tyrannosaurus, like going out and like grabbing a Gallimimus or whatever and Mm. compared it back to back with the claymation. And Steven Spielberg was instantly hooked. Like he was instantly sold that this could work. And Mm. here we are. We have the original Jurassic Park and it looks great. crazy. It looks really good. That's a, that's a really really cool story. I think I love the movies where it's like, Hey, this, this visual effect is really cool because we quite literally invented the technology. Yeah. Like, like Star Wars. Like, I think that's what makes Star Wars really good movies is because quite literally, like they had to invent the technology to make the effects happen. Like it was like, this doesn't exist. We have to do that. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not like trying to say like, Oh, we don't we don't have that anymore. It's like, but I just don't feel like we're yeah. in that time period anymore. Well, it's we're like, like it's it's kind of like why the movie Tron has like such a special place in my heart because yeah. it's like it it's I think it it either is the first movie or it's one of the first movies that like ha- like heavily featured like mm-hmm. CG, and it was like yeah. you know it's very like rudimentary. It is like you know very noticeable that like they are standing on green screens and like whatever. But like, but you can applaud the effort. You can like applaud, right? That. But it's like they, they if we didn't have Tron, we wouldn't have Marvel movies, like <laughs> right? No, but literally, like, like <laughs> well, and to think about like what a risk it is for Steven Spielberg to risk his entire movie and career on a promise from you know one of your subordinates that he can get this done. You know what I right. mean? Like right. if Steven Spielberg had agreed to it and the technology had just failed. Or his mm-hmm. team, you know, like couldn't get it done. Like the Jurassic yeah. Park movie would be dead in the water. So the fact that not only Steven Spielberg took the risk, but his team pulled this movie off is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. movie history, movie magic. It's a great movie. Go watch it. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs eat people. Come on. Wait. Oh God, do you hear that? It's like a, a rumbling in the distance. Oh, hey, look, I got. <laughs> I I do hear the. I do hear the the wheel in the distance. I think we can sidestep oh this one if we need to because we are almost an hour and a half hey, can into I, recording. Can I just can I just like pull pull y'all aside real quick? Hey, group huddle. Yeah, group huddle real quick. Come here. Yeah. All right, get in here. Wow, y'all are really tall. Holy crap. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm seven uh, foot five, lady. Derek's sitting on the floor, his head still reaches the microphone. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> hey, do we need to do do we need to do shaking nuts turd? Is I'm gonna go like ahead and say I'm gonna go ahead and say no. I think we might need to skip it for time's sake, and also we might just need to like give it a break for a second because also guys the wheel the wheel he's not happy. He's like, hey y'all y'all have not been doing good. The gears I'm getting hot. Like it's are like y'all talking about me right now? <laughs> y'all talking about he's here. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess it's time. Hey for hey, sh- uh, we doing we doing the segment or what? Uh, hey, listen, man, it's been, it's been really good having you on the podcast. Oh, it's been I see. Really I, nice. 
I see where this is going. I, no, I we're see. just gonna give you I, a break. It's nothing. It's I, not you. It's me. It's, it's la- quite literally us. La- the last person that gave me a break, I never saw him again. <laughs> Pat Sajak and Vanna White, I'm looking at you. All right. I see where this is going. I see the writing on the walls. I'm going to go ahead and beat feet. Peace out, losers. Wait. No. Ew, he just spit on me. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. That was easier than I thought. That was so much easier than I thought. Wow. Whew. Wow, that was pretty easy. Hey, hey guys, did we just kill Shake and Not Stir? Because I, I do have a replacement in the in the works. We'll see. We'll okay. see. Well, tell you we'll, what, see well, how, yeah, yeah. we'll see how he feels next week. <laughs> once we've had some time, we'll right. see how his corpse feels once. Uh, yeah. Uh, right now, though, uh, right now, though, we are going to transition straight into real talk where we give you some suggestions of things that you should watch. Uh, and there's because- not a dang thing you can do about it. <laughs> I feel like we're going to spend yeah, a try little, to hit the pause uh, button. Do it. <laughs> I feel like he we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. Justice for Wanda. Justice for Wanda. Wanda Maximoff did nothing wrong. That poor girl. I, I texted. I told this to Brady. I don't know what Elizabeth Olsen did to <laughs> Mr. Feige, but dear Lord, like I, he said, I'm going to beat this woman with a stick. <laughs> The, I think the funny. I think the funniest thing that in everything that Wanda Maximoff has been a part of, the only way to defeat her is trauma. <laughs> it's, it's to take like, her kids away from her again. Yes. Okay. I was talking to somebody about that afterwards. I was like, "Hey, like quite literally in the in the alternate world, mm-hmm. who's the dad of these kids?" Like. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. me and Brady it's, had a very lengthy discussion about Vision's PP in the Cinemark parking lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> if if Vision exists in like the these other universes, so yeah. okay, I want to like y'all have kind of made y'all have made uh, allusions to how you felt about this movie. I want to hear what you felt about it. Uh, I go first. Yeah, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I I don't I don't know whose fault it is. Uh, I thought the movie was underwhelming, um, and I will say that I think this was a Marvel movie. Like, I don't mean that in like Marvel's not cinema, but I, I mean that in like, it was a popcorn movie. You you thought it, you thought it like it followed to the T like the Marvel formula. Yes. Yes. Which interesting. I will, I will never be in the line of that's not something I want. Like, I don't think I don't see myself being in that line. Um, For me though, I don't know if this was a marketing standpoint on their end or if this was just too high expectations on my end, yeah. I thought this movie was going to be like it. Like I thought it was going to be like, right. This well, is where we're going with the MCU. We're breaking all of this stuff. Like here's all these characters. We're doing this. We're doing that. And then it was like, oh, this all wrapped up and kind of it didn't. There's not a lot of like well feedback to, from this. To like your point. Colton, it's like they cracked open the multiverse with No Way Home. And so the mm-hmm. next step to me kind of felt like, okay, and now here are the X-Men. And here, like, we've invented the sandbox. It's yeah. here. Let's play in it. And it kind of feels like instead of playing in it, they <laughs> they kind of just dipped a finger in. And we're like, mm-hmm. oop, yeah. oop, there's something under here. Uh, to, your, to your defense, Colton, this was touted as, like, the next Marvel event. Right, right. Yes. Like because this like, was this was the this was the next like big event movie. This was like this year's No Way Home. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's what I thought it was going to be at the very end of No Way Home. They have all the Spider-Man villains like there, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, yeah. like this is what we're getting. They teased Charles Xavier in one of the trailers, and we're like, 
okay, are X-Men going to be in this? Like, we have mm-hmm, all yeah. this stuff, and I just did not... I thought it was going to be a lot more than what it is. Mm-hmm. I still really liked the movie. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of America Chavez. I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't, think she, they, I don't think she was given enough to do. N- I exactly, think, no, I agree. Exactly. Not enough screen time. Her character is great. I like her, but she just didn't get enough of a... Like, she uh, just kind of felt like a, a subplot... That hinder. I was say, unfor- than unfortunately, I feel like she played damsel in distress the whole movie. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Yes. To her de- like to her detriment because I'm like I like and they kind of only used her for like exposition dumps. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. I also feel that she played damsel in distress who was not really in distress. Like also, well, the bumblebee scene was not meant for me to laugh at, and I laughed the hardest. We we oh, that scene up. That uh, well, yeah, me. because if. So they're tr- like the whole reasoning behind why America says that she can't control her powers is that because the only time that her powers manifest is when she's really scared. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is supposed to be like the first time that her powers manifested. And it was like the fact that she reacted so viscerally to a B and <laughs> it, it and is funny. Me, capital V viscerally. <laughs> Kill, she like killed her moms and it was like <laughs> ye- yeeted them through time and space. <laughs> Yeah, her being named America was also one of my favorite things about this movie because the amount of times that like Benedict Cumberbatch was like, "We have to save America," like that was so yeah, funny yeah. to me. Like America's in trouble. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, Brady, do you have any anything to add before I go into my defense of this movie? Oh, I I very much enjoyed it. I also the thing I appreciate the most about this movie, I think. Mm-hmm is how much they push the PG-13 rating because yeah. yes. let me tell you yes. watching watching John Krasinski get noodled to death was uh it was pretty fun. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That was very that, was, that whole the the whole stuff with the Illuminati was very fun. Also Sam Raimi's horror elements uh that he included in this movie. <sighs> let me it's get great. into it. Let me Oh yeah, okay. Go off. go off. Go off. Go oh, off. Uh, so, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Derek, uh, let me say real quick cuz I yeah, know you're going to okay. talk about it. The I'm not a horror movie person. I don't like horror movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would absolutely pay money for a Marvel horror movie after watching Sam Raimi's like scary elements. Yes. I like, there was even elements like the, uh, Oh man, where she like goes to touch the glass and she like melts into Mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, jump scare. This is going to be a jump scare. And then it wasn't, I was like, Oh, this is so good. Like, yeah, I was like, I want to be afraid right now. And I rarely get like that. So, for me, I love this movie. I really do. I like, I can see its flaws. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I, so it's like, yes, I do think that America Chavez feels almost like an afterthought in this movie, even though her powers are essential to the plot. Her character feels like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a plot device. I, I see what people are saying and how they are disappointed in Wanda's trajectory as a character. Mm-hmm. And like how they are disappointed that she was made into a full on villain. I will counter that by saying, if you watched WandaVision, you know yeah. that she's been reading from the Darkhold for at least a year and that the Darkhold is said to like, and this is, this is like an agents of shield thing, which I don't watch agents of shield, but they had the Darkhold in that show. And they say in that show that the Darkhold corrupts people's minds. So it's like the idea that she's been reading from the dark hold. You can tell that's obviously mm. taken a hold of her. It has corrupted her mind into thinking that what she is doing is not wrong. 
mm-hmm. that she that she it, it is very it's quite literally the idea of writing a villain as if they are the hero of their own story. Right. I something that I very much appreciated about this movie was they said uh, I think it was like two times they said at the very beginning they were like a demon is after me like America was like mm-hmm. a demon has sent mm-hmm. these people after me and I was like okay are we actually doing Mephisto and then quite literally 20 minutes in Wanda was like I'm the bad guy I'm going to kill all of you if yes. you don't and I was like yeah all right got it let's tie I, that up in I a will bow. say <laughs> that Wanda's storyline for me would not have worked had they not mm-hmm. done the groundwork with WandaVision. If she if she had if she had like just making a ma- or making if she had just made a full heel turn after Endgame into a into a villain that would, would not have made, made no sense, sense to me. Yeah, absolutely yeah. no sense. I then I would be like, okay, this is wrong. Yeah. Um the and uh, the biggest thing that I will walk away from this, Sam Raimi is a genius. Oh yeah. Sam Raimi turned Wanda Mac, the Scarlet Witch, into a like horror movie monster. Yeah, oh my God, and I she think was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. The this is the most unique looking Marvel movie. Uh, it's the most uniquely shot and most uniquely edited Marvel movie. It has Sam yeah, Raimi's fingerprints brother, all over. You've it. seen Thor two, right? Come on, <laughs> you want to talk about peak cinema? Let's talk about the Dark World. Come on, brother. <laughs> um, like. The way, like the way that the camera just moved around, like it, it looked yeah. so cool. Like the scene where Wanda's dream walking, uh, I was yes. like the, and like Danny Elfman went off with this score. Like it felt yeah. so unique. And like, I honestly felt like it kind of pushed against the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, it didn't feel like a Marvel movie, I guess, because it was so tonally different than all the other ones. And mm, interesting. I, I do feel like the, the script was a little hokey in some parts. Like I think, I think the one thing that pops into mind is when strange and Mordo are fighting and strange, like gets away from Mordo after putting the cuff on him and like takes away his magic. And Mordo's like, I can see now why your Mordo doesn't like you very much. I'm like, that sounds like a child wrote that. Like <laughs> I honestly wish this movie would have been rated R. Um, Those cowards. Yeah, yeah. It's like got like, that, like the like the references to like the Evil Dead movies. Like um, I'm going to touch on that for a minute because I, I told this to Colton in the parking lot after we watched the movie. But watching undead Doctor Strange try to give a pet talk to America Chavez <laughs> was very <laughs> yes. was it one was of the funniest fun. things I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, but it, like. It, it felt like the first Doctor Strange, for some reason, didn't feel very Doctor Strange to me. Mm-hmm. It, mm. it felt magical, but it all felt kind of like almost a little too intellectual. Mm. Whereas this yeah. one was like full on like magic. And it it like, really embraced the magical aspects of right. Doctor Strange. Well, because it's like, you know, yeah. Wanda has like fully just embraced her role as the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I am I like, I'm going to I'm going to rule everything. I will say they're still playing it safe with her powers. Yeah. I'm well, like, we've seen that she can literally alter reality. You know, she can phase somebody's mouth out of existence and turn you know, one of the, a member of the fantastic four into noodles. Like why, like what's keeping her from just, you know, snapping the Illuminati out of existence. Right. And I get, I guess it's, it's the, it's the MCU trying to nerf Wanda because they understand how powerful she is like in the comics. Yeah. Like how do you, how do you justify this creature? Like 
how do you put a big bad in when you can't when right you when you have Wanda exists when you have a character like Wanda Maximoff who can literally with a sentence wipe out the entire like almost like 90% of mutants yeah literally or in the in the multi in the in the multiverse right and, like, and now that you mention it this does put a nice little I guess end to the problem that is Wanda because if Galactus shows up you know who's to say now that Wanda won't <laughs> right well it's not confirmed that Wanda is dead I don't think yeah, she they, is, they, they purposely did. They purposely did that. Right. I, I, I my, my theory is that she's going to show up in house of Harkness. Um, yeah. just personally. Um, and that, that that's how they're going to bring her back into the fold is that she is going to yeah. show up with Agatha and she's going to ask Agatha to kind of like teach her magic without the dark hold. What I kind of was expecting from this movie was they were talking about the incursions and mm-hmm. I was expecting like, and encourage that to happen. Like after Secret War, I believe in the comics, like you have these characters that like their universe combines mm-hmm. and you have like Miles Morales is now a part of like the actual yeah. Marvel Which universe. They hint at it in the post credit yeah. scene. You know, that's uh, true. Charlize Theron as this character that I'd never knew existed named Clea, mm-hmm. who is apparently the niece of Dormammu. Yeah. Um, and is a Doctor show- Strange's eventual love interest um comes and says I that will he's say that, that he's created an incursion let me say please sam raimi if you're listening i get i get that dr strange now has a third eye we do not need to show it anymore <laughs> we're good <laughs> it, it looks bad keep... it, like the cg the cg <laughs> looks bad yeah don't keep showing it to me keep it closed Thoughts on Krasinski. I think we have to talk about Krasinski. The man. Oh, great. He's great. He's a, he is a great choice. He's a great choice for a young Reed Richards. Yeah, he can do no wrong. I I, I was him. I was in the boat of like, I was like, people were always like, oh, him is Reed Richards. And I was like, I don't really know. I'm very much like, I, I really like, I don't think he got enough fanta- Mr. Fantastic time. Like, I sure. wanted to see him do more, but I I liked it. Um. Also, just in other Marvel news, I hated Moon Knight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I, 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 I've, I've come like fully into my own and in saying that like I hated that show. Like the only episode that I genuinely enjoyed was episode was the trauma dump episode. Like the trauma um, dump episode. You were right. Yeah. Uh, it's, Derek, when it, are we gonna agree? When are we just gonna agree on a movie on a Marvel when, franchise? When you get better taste, Colton. <laughs> <laughs> when you become a card carrying member of this film is Twitter. true <laughs> dad dad stop fighting uh, don't make me pick careful. again Derek careful he's gonna see a bee and then we're both gonna be gone <laughs> a bee uh, really a quickly bee? just give out some suggestions like don't don't go into it just give out a suggestion um I'm still watching succession I hate that I love this show but I oh, do yes it's it's my guilty pleasure right now, and I hate it, but it's a very excellent show. Also, season three of Barry is very good. I'm gonna yep. I will mention that mm-hmm. show until the day we die. Until yep. we quit this podcast, <laughs> Barry Barry will be my my suggestion. Um, I re I started watching Young Justice again. Uh, it's great. I love it. They deal a lot with like they know they're not like a kids show anymore, and so it's like characters die and well, not that they didn't die before but it's like oh like this is it's <laughs> they a lot die more like gruesomely <laughs> that's kind of the part where they i'm get like blowed up <laughs> no but it's like them dealing with like real kind of situations and it's very it's very interesting cool um 
Yeah. Uh, I will say, not as my suggestion, but Hacks Season 2 came out, and it's already off to a fantastic start. If you have not started Hacks on HBO Max, please do. It's very fun. Uh, I would love to write for that show. I keep watching it and say, I just I want to write for that show. Um, <laughs> Hire me, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, my suggestion actually is another HBO Max show that I am slow to the game on. Uh, I watched episode one of The Flight Attendant last night. Oh, really? Um, and uh, they really go for it in the first 20 minutes of this show. Um, I did not know that this is what this show was about. Um, yeah. and then yeah, she's like undercover. Yeah. Or is that what? No, I'm not going to spoil anything. This, the show has been out for a while, so it's like, you know, whatever, but like, I still don't want to spoil anything. Uh, this show mm. is the first episode is buck wild. Um, oh, man. like I said, I just, I did not know what this show was about and I was pleasantly surprised. So I'm going to continue watching it. I will report back. Uh, but for now, watch the flight attendant. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I hope you. I hope you don't mind all the all the many many rabbit trails. I hope they did intimidate oh you. Take my hand. We're going back on the main path now. Come on. The end is in sight. <laughs> there it is. The finish line. Oh wait, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Star the Plot, and we hope you had a good time. If you did, why don't you go to Spotify and iTunes and leave us a five star review? It's a great way you can help out the show. It helps other people <laughs> discover us. Um, we also have a Patreon if you want to support us financially, help us pay for hosting and keeping this train running. Also, feel free to reach out at stirtheplot.gmail.com or message us on Instagram or Facebook. And thank you so much to 11 Acorn Lane for the use of our theme song, Stay, Electro Swing Remix, parentheses. Derek. Yes. Can I go? Can I leave? Uh, one one more quick thing. Please. A review of a movie. Oh. Uh, this review is from Romeo, uh, who is a pro member of Letterboxd. Congratulations, Romeo, on being rich. Wow. Um, this is a film that was released in 2016. Uh, Romeo gave it four and a half stars. Um, and Romeo said, I had to pause this near the very end because there was a fire right next door and I had to call the fire department while my dad jumped over the fence in his Megan the Stallion hoodie to go help out. It was crazy. Anyways, these guys have definitely explored each other's bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. (laughs) Man. As we have established before this podcast, everybody in the military is horny. (laughs) Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're talking about Peter and MJ, then yes. <laughs> or Peter and Ned, I don't know. Um, you were both incorrect, unfortunately. Uh, this is the this this is the Ryan Gosling Russell Crowe vehicle, the nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Brady King. My name is Derek Fultz. My name's Colton Hart. My name's Tyler. And if you see Sandra Bullock. Give her a hug. But not too hard because she might be a communist. Ooh. <laughs> and just remember, the limit is this the the sky. The your screen is the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever the limit sky when you dream and the screen is <laughs> the sky feels good in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs>